today's episode is brought to you by db db is a scandinavian brand that makes backpacks and bags to help people on the move stay ready for anything from the streets to the peaks db's gear is travel tested by some of the best athletes adventurers and creators over the past decade db designed and developed release and refine the best bags in the market with db's patented hookup system you are able to attach smaller products to your backpack roller or tote you know it's important to have the right luggage or bag when you're traveling especially if you're like me you're not only taking your clothes but you're taking equipment such as cameras and laptops we are teaming up with db to exclusively offer our listeners 10 percent off your next purchase by using the code pod 10 or going to the link in our show notes db it's time to move on time to get going you know women like me deserve a seat at the table i decided to create my own movement called not with all black women and i think that the title alone mm-hmm. says exactly <laughs> it addresses the very problem in a lot of spaces especially in activism so, so during the pandemic one of the platforms that took off has been this new platform called clubhouse Clubhouse is basically an audio group chat. And during this time, I had the honor and pleasure of becoming friends with my guest today. She is currently running for Congress for the state of Maryland. And that is the one and only Miss Brittany T. Oliver. Brittany and I actually met in one of the wrestling rooms uh, where we was, you know, all talking wrestling and we have been following each other on social media for a while, both of us being Baltimore natives. Um, and she's hosted a few rooms, you know, uh, talking about activism and equality. And I've been able to learn so much from her. So in our conversation, which I'm excited for y'all to hear, we talk about her work as an activist, her work behind the scenes in politics and why she chose to run. And here's one of the best parts that y'all gonna learn about her. She's a wrestling fan like myself, and you'll find out who her favorite wrestler is. So we got a chance to talk about that. So ladies and gentlemen, here is my conversation with Brittany T. Oliver. All right, ladies and gentlemen, on the line today, I am honored to have a good friend of mine who, you know, I've actually met through Clubhouse. We have been following each other on Twitter for a while, but during the pandemic, Clubhouse took off and sure enough, we became friends. And that is the one and only Miss Brittany Oliver. Brittany, how are you doing today? I am doing amazing. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm super excited to to talk with you. And thank you. You know, um, last time we was, uh, celebrate your birthday, which was like the coolest thing ever. You really saw how you brought so many people together. In, in one Zoom setting and you could see like all the uh, love. And one of the things I got to uh, commend you on is how you was able to like make sure nobody felt left out or nobody was just sitting there. You made brought everybody into the room. So I thought that was amazing. No, thank you so much for attending. It was, um, I, you know, I'm in the pandemic and with all that, it's just, it's been hard to kind of organize things in person. And so I felt like, 
you know, let me just throw a Zoom party together and invite everybody, you know, and it was, I had a ton of fun and I always make sure that no one is, is left behind. So I'm glad, I'm very, very glad that you were able to pick up, pick that up, that up. That says a lot about me, I think. <laughs> uh, you know, I definitely appreciate it. Um, you know, we, um, you're born right here in Baltimore. Uh, can you talk about what life like was growing up in Baltimore, which ultimately led you to your career choice? Yeah, so I grew up in Baltimore City, um, um, was raised by a single mother. Um, and, you know, we, we lived in uh, neighborhoods that I guess I would say underserved neighborhoods that were, you know, that have been left behind and kind of fallen by the wayside and um and uh my my brother and i um at the time we were very much involved um in in city life it, you know at some point in time my mother decided to move to baltimore county which is where i live right now mm -hmm. um and i think that that transition really helped with the with shaping um, a lot of my work in activism and, and public policy, um, and which is the exactly the type of you know experience and background you need in order to understand and recognize inequities and in, in, in various spaces. So, um, and so yeah, I ended up moving to the county, and um, I got my start by, um, by attending Towson University, which is why I went to for undergrad um, and majored in communications and PR. Uh, and then outside of that was very, very interested in community organizing. Um, I have always been the type of person that wanted to always challenge injustices for people who look like us and just other people who, um, you know, who are left out of the conversation. And so I think that my, my background really has helped shape that. And my, my love for standing up for people and uplifting voices that are left behind and that are pushed out is, has always been a passion of mine ever since I was a teenager. Oh, I can appreciate that. One of the things, um, I want to know if you don't mind sharing is how do you maintain like your mental health for people out there who want to be a part of this? Because one of the things I remember that stuck out on that call that really like, you know, kind of like sat with me was when you talked about how, you know, it's hard work and you do have to like take time to yourself. Um, how do you maintain, you know, and really maintain your mental health while fighting these fights? I will be honest and, you know, by saying that in the beginning of this work, um, because there's so much happening and especially if you're the type of person who just, who just want to fix things, I, I describe myself as like the Olivia Pope of the movement because I always am wanting to fix things and wanting to problem solve. And I was actually doing a bad job in the beginning of prioritizing my mental health. Um, once I had a tragedy happen in my life where my uncle was, uh, I was, was murdered in 2016 in the same community that I grew up in as a kid in Baltimore. 
um, that caused me to pump the brakes on the work I was doing and, and, and caused me to refocus and reevaluate how much time that I was actually, you know, giving to my mental health. And so right now I'm at a place where it's a priority. It has to be, and it should be for each and every one of us. Um, we cannot go to work, you know, take care of our families, um, you know, and have a, a healthy work-life balance if you do not prioritize your, your mental health. And I think that mental health is a very, we're having that conversation now, you know, with uh, uh, black women in particular um, who have, um, who are involved in sports, you know, and that's a topic of conversation right now. And so I think that we really need to prioritize that because we can't get anything done. If, if, if you're not okay on the inside, how can you quite possibly show up in a way that you need to, you know, to, to get through the day to day? It's just not possible. You will, you will break down, you know? Um, and so it, mental health is a, a top priority for me. Um, and I'm much, I'm, I'm much better at learning how to prioritize it and how to manage it better than I ever have before. Yeah, it's, it's definitely been something during the pandemic. I just know a lot of people, including myself, um, you know, you work, work, and then, you know, even being a content creator, there's the balance of, okay, I'm gonna try to work, but then I want to do what I want to do because I enjoy it. But sometimes you do have to step back. You know, there's been times where I've turned off my computer and say, I'm going to intentionally play this video game. I want to take a quick minute to talk about mental health. As you all know, we are living in unprecedented times, whether it's the racial pandemic or the COVID-19 pandemic. Well, I want to introduce you to Hope Again Counseling Services, where transformation begins. Hope Again provides help for children, adolescents, adults, family, and couples. So give them a call at 410-698-8442 or visit them on the web at yourhopeagain.com to book your appointment. If you are willing to believe, you will begin to achieve and ultimately Hope Again Counseling Services can help you receive all that is meant for you. We mentioned about Clubhouse, just to kind of shift the conversation a little bit. Um, you're a huge wrestling fan. And, you know, we met in one of the um, wrestling rooms, which I thought was cool. When did that start? You know, we'll get back into, you know, <laughs> the fun stuff. But when did that start? Because, you know, anybody who knows me knows that I will, uh, you know, have been a fan literally since birth. And, you know, we'll find strike a wrestling conversation and make a wrestling reference anywhere, anytime. When did you become a fan? So I have been, yes, let me back up. Yes, I am absolutely a wrestling fan. I think that is probably one of the most little known things about me. So I'm excited for people to know that about me. I have been watching wrestling ever since I was a little girl. Wrestling growing up in a household was something that allowed me to bond with my brother and my cousin. And so when we were not arguing and fighting and, you know, with each other and picking on each other, we were sitting down and watching wrestling. It was, it was always a family, you know, kind of activity to do. Mm -hmm. uh, even my grandmother 
was watching wrestling with us when we were when we were young. So, you know, I I am very much um, still uh, into wrestling now, even though it has changed tremendously over the years. Um, I always describe myself as a uh, as a as an attitude error babe. Mm-hmm. Um, that was my favorite point in time in wrestling, and it's a stress reliever. To be honest with you, it I'm, really. I will say because like now, <laughs> I'm, I'm one. So I don't know if you've been seeing on social media, but these ruthless aggression kids, uh, for those who do not know, that's the era after the Attitude Era, the John Cena's, the Eddie Guerrero's, the Rey Mysterio's, the Brock Lesnar, the first time. These ruthless aggression kids have been very reckless uh, a lot, saying the Attitude Era was overrated, it was toxic, and all this other stuff. <laughs> toxic? Maybe. At, probably. Absolutely. Uh, overrated? We, I always say we didn't care about the five-star matches. We cared about the storylines. And going to school, you was having your conversations. Did you see what Stone Cold Steve Austin did? Did you see what The Rock did? It wasn't about, oh, yeah, they got in the ring and uh, Chris Benoit and Chris Jericho, man, they really tore the house down. No, we wanted to know what this drama was. Right. <laughs> what kept you into it, though? Like, you know, most people fall off and they stop you say it's a stress reliever is that what kind of kept you into it all the way till now yeah it was really it was the creativity it was the theatrics um it was the visuals um it, it was provocative it was uncut and and you know and it, it provided a ton of excitement I, every i remember i used to stay up at night so i had to go to school the next morning and had to be in bed at a certain time and Raw would be on real late and I would get up and sneak and turn the TV on so that my mother and my grandmother couldn't hear me mm-hmm. and turn the TV on and watch it to the end and wake up the next morning tired. I was tired going to school the next morning, but I'm just like, I can't wait to see, uh, you know, the the next, next uh, episode the week after. So it just, it was wrestling for me was like the soap operas yeah for me you know and it and again it was a really great bonding activity for my my brother and my cousin and um the characters it, it you know i it i think that there was just so much happening during that time and i think toxic you know i'm not going to disagree Um, but it definitely has changed a lot and for what it is right now and it took me a little while to get used to what it is now yeah and before we get off of wrestling because you know that's a whole nother show we're gonna have to get you on the wrestling realm uh (laughs) you know we know you have a quite a few busy months and years ahead of you but we're gonna have to find time to get you on the wrestling realm uh but real quick um what did it mean for you to see two black women main event in WrestleMania this past, uh, past spring? That it meant, it meant everything to me because black wrestlers are, uh, severely under, uh, represented and, and, you know, do, they do not get the credit that they deserve. Um, they are often in the background, you know, don't sometimes don't get awards until later down the line in their careers. You know, there it's, 
being a, a black wrestler is 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 hard, and I'm, and there is you know systemic racism that exists even in the wrestling world. Absolutely, you know. So it meant everything to me to see that representation. It it matters when I get to see someone who looks like me and you know whether it be in wrestling or politics mm-hmm. or activism it's important for for women like me to see that so it was it was in such an an, an honor to be able to witness that yeah i think it was it was amazing i know like uh bianca Belair actually won the royal rumble on mm-hmm. my daughter's sixth birthday and then um but she was sent to bed because she had had a party but then on WrestleMania uh, Saturday, she watched the match and, you know, was excited and has the shirt. And, you know, we was just watching this past uh, sat, uh, Friday, rolling loud. So, you know, it's uh, that representation is important. Are you planning a huge celebration? And perhaps you need some balloons to make your event look nice? Well, I have the perfect place for you. And a symphony of balloons. Symphony of Balloons will do all events, including baby showers, weddings, birthday parties, or that special anniversary. Contact them today at 410-802-1531 or email them at symphonyofballoons at gmail.com and tell them Brian H. Waters sent you. You founded the um, movement not without women, not without black women. When did you decide that? Because I think that's really awesome, um, which everybody should be following on Twitter if they haven't. But w- when did you, um, what was it that made you create this? So what made me create Not Without Black Women really came from out of some of my frustration for what was happening with the Women's March. And when a lot of that organizing took place and dealing with, you know, prejudiced, racist people, um, you know, including women that were really trying to leave black women, women of color, the LGBTQ community from the conversation. And so instead of continuing to debate about why you know, women like me deserve a seat at the table, I decided to create my own movement called Not Without Black Women. And I think that the title alone Mm -hmm. says exactly, (laughs) it addresses the very problem in a lot of spaces, especially in activism. So we um, started out having... um, meetings um, and and happy hours. Um, And then eventually the women who were involved said, we wanna get involved in policy. So it eventually turned into a social hour type of deal where we just kind of got together, myself and and other black women got together to sit and just, you know, relax and kind of talk about our day to actually working and passing legislation and organizing in the community. So it was a movement that grew over a period of time and, um, and, and has been a very powerful force in Maryland politics. Yeah, that's amazing. Now, you know, um, you talked about it. You said, you know, like 
it's time to make changes happen. You're running for Congress and, you know, you're looking to do something that needs to be done. Um, that's my words, uh, but <laughs> do something that needs to be done. And that's unseat somebody who's been in that office since I was in high school. Um, but when did you decide, like, this was the time and this was the seat that you wanted? So uh, what I can say is that I was very much inspired uh, by former President Obama. Mm-hmm he was the first example that I saw that let me, led me to believe that people who look like me can be president or they can run for office too. Um, I was, I grew up with the assumption that people who look like me were supposed to be in the background. And so that during that time is, is when I started to thinking about what it meant to run for office and became more and more interested in working in politics. And, um, and I was not, I started out as a very, um, you know, young, um, I don't have any family members who have worked in politics, not that I am aware of. Um, so this was a very first, uh, you know, kind of new ordeal in my, in, in my history, um, in my family history. So um, eventually over, over time, I wanted experience on what it was like for, you know, working in politics, working on political campaigns, working with politicians to get legislation passed as a citizen advocate. And I, you know, I think um, I, over a period of time, we started to see more women run in other states. And I noticed that Maryland was being left behind in terms of having women hold higher office at the federal level. Maryland is behind because currently our Maryland delegation are all men. That is not a reflection of what Maryland is. Maryland has changed since 2003. It's been almost over 20 years the district is changing and it's time for new ideas, diversity and leadership. And I decided that this was the time because I've been so inspired by uh, women who have run for uh, office around the country. And, and, most, and, and most especially us having our first woman of color vice president of the United States. I mean, it was just the right time. Um, I've worked on Capitol Hill before. Uh, my activism and my public policy work meets at the intersection. So I, I have experiences on both sides of the aisle. Um, I know how to work with community and I know how to work with government. And so this was the time. I am also a 2020 graduate of Emerge Maryland, which is a program that teaches women how to run for office. So that last, um, last year, that was when I said, this is the time. And I felt more confident, had, I did some work on the Biden and Harris administration. I worked for the Arizona Democrats. Uh, I was the director of communications there and helped to flip Arizona blue for Biden. Uh, and, you know, and I think that a lot of people have very complicated have, have, have a very complicated 
relationship with politics, my job is to let people know that there, that there is hope and that we can make a difference um, and politics should be shaped by the people. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. I'm um, just, because, you know, it's something that in some cases, a lot of us wasn't taught in school, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, I, like, I know I, I went to city and we took a U.S. government class and, right. <laughs> and I remember taking the class and it was interesting to me, but it right. was a lot of stuff that we didn't learn. And I think, you know, one of the things that I'm excited about with the fact that you're running is the fact that you can, you're relatable and approachable. Mm-hmm. So those questions and you, like you said, just seeing somebody, you know, for people like my daughter and her classmates to see somebody that looks like them and can you know, talks like them can be like, Oh, you know what? This is possible. So um, good luck. Now, most importantly, what can we do to get you in the office? I'm glad you asked. Um, <laughs> there are lots of uh, ways that people can can help. So one is by number one, uh, when you run, you know, for office, funding is very important. This campaign is a people power grassroots campaign, and we depend on everyday people like us to fund it. And so we definitely are um, accepting donations to help us with uh, with staff, with gas to help us get around the district to talk to voters and knock on every door, um, to help us get our office. Um, we are currently uh, using the resources that we have to pull together to make this ha- happen. And so we are really gonna be focused on the people uh, with, with helping us get this off the ground. Uh, so donating, people can do that by going to brittanyformaryland.com. Uh, definitely follow me on Twitter at Brittany O. Um, retweet, repost, uh, not only Twitter, but Facebook and Instagram. On Instagram, you can find me at Brittany for Maryland. And so we, yeah, at some point in time, we will start to uh, recruit for interns and volunteers. So there will be calls for that as well. Um, and keep, you know, I think lastly, keep um, talking about how important this is, you know, and how, how historic. Today, I actually got, um, there's a, a, a website called, called Maryland Matters. And today in, in the article I, that I did with a reporter not too long ago, I was described as uh, being the incumbent's toughest Democratic primary challenger in in recent memory, mm-hmm. you know, and that that is important. That that says a lot about my work ethic. That says a lot about how far I've come. And so I really need the people to stand behind me and rally about why this is so historic and so important for for our state. How did that make you feel? If you don't mind me asking, when you read those words. um I felt because I'm a seasoned organizer I've been doing this work for so long I felt really rejuvenated it it got me excited 
um, because this is the first time that an actual challenger in this district, you know, is is being taken seriously. And so I am um, very honored to to be considered, um, you know, the, the toughest Democratic primary challenger in a race like this, um, you know, especially against an, an incumbent who um, has been in term for 10, you know, for, for about 10 terms, so. Wow, that's amazing. So yeah, we gotta make that happen. Um, so you let the people know where they can find you. Um, just do it again before we get out of here. And then I got one more question and you know we'll be done. <laughs> Everyone can uh, find me and support me at www.brittanyformaryland.com. Cool. And now the, show, the title show is called Breaking Through the Glass Ceiling. When did you break through the glass ceiling in your career when you knew, you know, I'm really good at this and I'm living in my purpose. When was that moment for you? <sighs> um, I've worked on so I've done so much. I think when I starting from or thinking about my 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 life and my career you know being a a girl from the city and and when i and and when i made it to working on capitol hill mm -hmm. advocating for women's issues um you know lobbying um i worked on on spearheading and passing the women's health protection act and supported uh, Christine Blasey Ford, who was um, in, in, if everyone remembers when Brett Kavanaugh was being confirmed to the Supreme Court and how uh, impactfully, you know, damaging that was for survivors and, um, you know, advocates of ending sexual assault. When I did the work that I did on Capitol Hill and all the people that I, that I met and the the network I was able to build from it I think that that was that was like one of the highlights of of my time and I it was tough work it was hard work but I would do it all over again if I had to and that's why I'm running that's why I'm running for Congress well certainly Brittany I'm super proud and super excited um y'all make sure y'all donate I actually just did during this call and will continue to do so uh yeah. I I I have a great feeling. Uh, this will this be this November? So my um, the primary is going to be in June. Okay. Yeah. So I'm I started early because uh, uh, my current congressman has been in his seat for so long. Mm -hmm. I decided to start out early, so yeah. I can connect with the community and really really sell myself and tell people about why I should be and will be elected to the seat. Let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. Brittany, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time and um, invite me back anytime. Awesome. Will do. All right, ladies and gentlemen, as always, I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. I'm very excited for Brittany, as I said, and looking forward to supporting her as she gets ready to take her seat at Congress and make this world a better place. Representation is important. So please support her. Make sure you follow her on all social media platforms. Make sure y'all subscribe to the podcast. Keep updated 
each and every week with new guests as well as some uncomfortable conversations on trending topics folks so until the next time i'm brian h waters make sure you do not let anyone set up a ceiling that you can't break through this podcast is brought to you by b waters productions and the music is produced by hypno underscore beats <laughs>